and welcome to the I'm a Health Vista podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Amy. And today we're going to talk about some guidance that came out in December, or well, guidance or... Sort of a regulation, instru- I yeah, suppose, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. So it was from the NHRA. Yeah. You've got the long form written down, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency um brought in a new regulation to say that from 2019 so obviously from this from year, this year yeah. um teething gels weren't going to be available in supermarkets anymore and i saw lots about this in the news and kind of on various facebook groups and, yeah, and well, it, twitter and it was all over everywhere a little yeah. bit wasn't it um, so we thought it would be a good opportunity to do an episode on teething yes since we've not done one no um and i think the uh yeah, it was generally seemed to be looking. Oh, for goodness' sake, they're taking our teething gels away, mm. and a bit of a bit of a not quite hysterical bit reaction, but a bit of a kind of oh, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, because obviously these decisions are always made with no no consideration, <laughs> no um, no evidence, no real. Um, no real thought to what they're doing. Is there? <laughs> yeah, I think there's just a kind of. It's a change in them. Um, you're asking people to change what they do from day to day, isn't it? So we that's always, challenging. That's always hard to get people to change their habits. Yeah, you know, if they're used to using teething gels and teething powders and things like that, then asking people to, to change from something they believe is working is a difficult thing. And that's the thing. It's that belief it's working. Um, so, yeah. so where should we start? So I suppose, I mean, I sort of thought we'd, we'd probably be good to talk about like kind of just normal tea, like yeah, yeah. What's, what's normal, because yes. obviously there's, I mean, health visitors I'm sure will be aware, there's a huge range of normal in terms of teeth, <laughs> yes. isn't there? And parents yeah. often ask us, when do they get their first teeth? And yeah. I always just say, when you see their first teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, much. it's that thing, um, there's often the panic in parents when uh, when solid foods come out and they're showing other signs no of being teeth. ready for solid foods. It's like, I can't give them anything they might need to chew because they've got no teeth. It's like, would you put your finger in their mouth at the moment happily? Yeah. Go cool, no, their gums are really hard. Yeah. Right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's so, so obviously some babies are actually taught, born with teeth. Yes. Um, I had one last week actually in new birth where um, they'd had a tooth removed because it was kind of not quite like not securely oh right on. or is that actually an airway risk yeah so they'd had one removed Blimey. before they like at birth yeah and they were born with two teeth so they'd still got one and then they right. had one removed right. um but th- that does occasionally happen i think i've only yeah. seen maybe three or four in total so it's yeah. not like really common but and the fear always is about how that will impact on breastfeeding but actually yeah if the positioning's correct then it shouldn't have it much won't of an impact happen the tongue covers the teeth and uh yeah yeah, yeah. So generally, yeah, from birth it can be. Um, and then it does say kind of up to 12 months plus. So yeah. some children are kind of 12 months and are still very gummy and haven't yes. really got any teeth yet. Yeah. Um, but but obviously the normal, the peak is around yeah. six months. Yeah. And they start from the midline going outwards, don't they? Yes. Bottom front teeth are the ones that come first, apparently, around five to seven months. And then the top incisors, so the top front teeth, um, just after them, six to eight months. And then either side of the top front teeth, nine to tw- nine to eleven months. The either side of the bottom teeth, bottom lateral incisors, incisors, incisors. <laughs> incisors. <laughs> oh, Amy pronounces again. You know, yeah. guys, I'm great at this. 
um, come through 10 to 12 months. And then the molars, the first molars, uh, 12 to 16 oh, months. Oh, and that's really when the fun begins, the molars. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's when they're quite a lot older. And then yeah. the canines towards the back of the mouth, these come through at 16 to 20 months. And then the second molars are the last ones to come, 20 to 30 months. It says that most children have all their milk teeth by the time they're two and a half. Yeah. That's interesting, actually, that the canines come through after, after the molars. Mm. So in my head, even having had two children, I don't recall mm. that happening. I'm currently like running my tongue around my own teeth trying to think like... Yeah. Oh, okay, right, yeah. I know, it's a funny one. Um, but there you go, that's what it says. I mean, obviously, this is a kind of that's the that's the average it doesn't mm. necessarily mean that if there's anything different from that then it's a concern yeah, you no. know it's just that's no. the kind of most common order and it's worth, it it's worth looking at you and your partner's teeth a bit more because I had issues with uh, my youngest where his now it would have been his one of his bottom lateral incisors so the the ones one out, net, from, one out from the yeah. middle and one came through and the other one, no sign of, and we'd check about the dentist and things. And, and it was only when I mentioned it at the dentist, and they sort of said, well, it might be that he doesn't have one. It's oh, like, you know, and I said, well, I've got mine. And it's like, oh, I think my partner's got, yeah, I think my husband's I've got I've never him. looked I've at never his really lateral incisors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't on my checklist when we started dating. <laughs> um, yeah, if ever I'm in that situation well, again, it seem, now will be. Yeah, you seem yeah. lovely, but let's just check your lateral incisors. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but um, when, when I went home and said to him about it, he was like, oh, yeah, well, no, I've only got three. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> and he was like, right. And because I had been saying okay. to him about That's my concerns to. about this tooth not coming through. But he just hadn't He'd thought. not thought at any point to say, well, I've only got the three. Yeah. <sighs> so there we go. So maybe, I mean, as I say, there's a huge range of normal with teeth, um, as we know. Yeah. So that's, so that's kind of what to, sort of the, the average is. And it actually takes up until about two and a half years for all of the teeth, yeah, the milk generally. teeth to come through, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's a quite a long process, really. I mean, in terms of teething, the actual process itself, obviously some babies just sail right on through and don't yeah. have any issues at all. No. So I think there's a lot of kind of hype and, you know, we talk about it a lot and parents worry about it a lot. And some babies just have no drama with it at all. Obviously some do have more than, than others. Yeah. Um, it does feel at times, though, like some parents and everything is is going to be teething it's hard though isn't it because the symptoms are quite vague yeah (laughs) tricky you know um so it's saying things like the symptoms would be things like obviously the gum itself is sore and red so you can see it looks kind of inflamed if they've got one cheek you know really flushed yeah you know that kind of one rosy cheek oh yes (laughs) i remember that look very Um, well in mine but then if they're gnawing and chewing on things a lot, well, I mean, they do, don't they? Yeah, they explore yeah. orally. So. And I think so often you get in clinic these babies who are like eight weeks old or, and sort of ten, ten weeks old, who parents are like, I think they're teething because they're mm. dribbling. But actually that is when the salivary glands start working. Yeah. And so it's like, no, they're, they're just dribbling. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's that's just, This is a normal thing that is starting to work. And so it's worth it remembering things like that to offer that reassurance. Because I think there is... It is something where there is so much advertising around teething and products for teething. Yeah. That it is always that thing where... Yeah, and that's why often parents will think everything is teething because they're being sort of advertised a multitude of of Mm. solutions to this problem. Yeah. 
um, I don't really know if you can even call it a problem. It's a, it's a normal biological it's just thing. just a thing that happens, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, if you think of that, like your baby is dribbling more than usual, they're gnawing and chewing on things a lot, and they are more fretful than usual. I mean, is it any surprise that parents put a lot of things down to teething? Because that oh, just no, sounds completely. like a description of a baby, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so quite tricky there. One thing I thought was quite interesting when we were looking at the symptoms is that mm-hmm. there's actually no evidence that teething causes diarrhea. No. Or which... that it causes fever. Yeah. Which isn't you because I mean I do because you do you do hear that a lot yeah and also it's it's one of these things where I don't know there's so many things by um developmentally going on so where they are on the move you know mm. this is the sort of age where you might find them licking the fram wheels as I often <laughs> yeah. say you know yeah. and so I where this they are going to be they are going to be exposed to more possibility for picking yeah, up these sure. infections however. There is also, anecdotally, you do kind of think, well, actually, if they are teething and wanting to gnaw on things, they're more likely to be putting hands in mouth, putting other things in the mouth. So I suppose, and yeah, so there might like be a crossover. Bit, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. I suppose um, I thought it was interesting because I think people literally think, like, the teething itself causes the diarrhoea or the fe- the teething itself yeah. causes a fever, which doesn't seem to be the case at all. No, but I think... But maybe, like you say, there could be... I suppose that's quite a rational sort of way to think, isn't it? That yeah. I don't know what the evidence base is for it, but but it's, it sounds very sensible to me that they're more likely to put things in their mouth, which means they're more likely to catch... Exactly, exactly. Like that. I suppose um, the thing to be aware of with that as a health visitor is to be cautious that you're missing a systemic kind of yeah, infection. Yeah. Because obviously... If we're thinking, oh, they've got a fever, oh, yeah, but they're teething, you know, they're, they're just teething. Yeah. I think we need to be wary that teething doesn't cause a fever. So if they've got a fever, that's because they've got an infection exactly. of some kind. Exactly. Which it may, it may still not require any action whatsoever, no, yeah. but just to not mask an illness yeah, no, exactly. or be wrongly attributed Exactly. I think teething. it's that thing of don't just immediately say, oh, it's because of teething. Mm. Look at those symptoms as you would do with any infection, symptomatic yeah. treatment. If they're describing reduced appetite and intake, then you want to be you know, discussing with them how they can help increase their intake, mm. continue them to be hydrated and things. If they are having considerable diarrhoea, then you want to be making sure that they're having adequate um, sort of electrolytes and things in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it's, yeah, just kind of sensible um, assessment, really, as you would with anything. Yeah. But that's the sort of typical symptoms. And I suppose kind of what things help, what things can we can we suggest? Because they say first line should always be the non-medicinal, yeah. which, as we know as health visitors, I think we're generally pretty good at advocating the yeah, non-medicinal yeah, yeah, stuff, aren't we? So things like flannel cut into strips, uh-huh. wettened, put in the freezer so it's nice and cold, mm-hmm. and then they can gnaw on that because it's quite knobbly and it's icy cold and things. That so like that's a good quite tip. nice. Yeah. Massaging the gums with your finger, even and things. Yes, definitely. Um, obviously a clean finger. Yeah, <laughs> clean finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just make me laugh whenever I see that. Massage their gums with a clean yeah. finger. Yeah. Teething rings and things. And yeah. I know with my second, with they had these cute little sort of um, neckerchiefs. Uh-huh, with a teething panel on with the bottom. A, yeah, yeah, yeah like them, the bottom yeah. triangle was teething, which was brilliant because it was always with us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've had a um, mum once who had a baby who was teething very, very young. I think he was only sort of five, was he four or five weeks, something like that, and he, yeah. was, he was teething. Yeah. Um, and she'd bought this glove thing because oh, okay. she said it's because he's teething so early, there's so few things I can actually 
give him or do yeah. because you know obviously he's not at that age yet where he's kind of competently grasping things bringing them to no, his mouth yeah. how old was he again sorry it's only sort of five or six weeks right yeah yeah very very young um but he i mean he was teething like teeth were coming through oh right blimey um, yeah, so he definitely was teething, but she'd, she'd found like a, it was like a glove, because he used to chew his, you know, as they do, yeah, chew, chew his, his thumb hand. and his yeah, hand yeah, and his fingers, yeah. and it was sort of like a baby mitten, you right. know, that had teething Wow. gel, well, not gel, no. teething, um, you know, what the, the plastic that's like... Slightly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're silicone. describing the stuff that's on the bottom of the bed. Yes, like sort of silicone-y kind that's of patches. It. That's the right. one. It had one of those, um, which she thought was brilliant. Um, oh, I mean, wow. I suppose it's finding something that works for them that's age-appropriate. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously if they're six months or older, um, sort of strips of banana yeah, bits in the of freezer again, or cucumber with the skin taken off. Yes. And Definitely obviously under good. under supervision for any of these things. Yeah, and of course breastfeeding, if you're yes. breastfeeding, is brilliant yeah. as any kind of, you know, breastfeeding solves all problems. Well, it does. It's like soothing centres, gives you a good dose of oxytocin so you can then get through the rest of the day yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, and that's just the mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, breastfeeding can be good because as well that's, that obviously has a calming effect yeah. on the baby and um, is very soothing. And comforting, no. lots of cuddles. And so I mean, with the teething gels, I mean, it kind of comes off the back of the, the NICE guidance, really not recommending them as well, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. I mean, the um, the NICE kind of clinical knowledge summary, which I'll link to, um, points out that there's no real evidence that they're effective, um, teething gels, and also that there's been kind of adverse reactions to inappropriately used yeah. because they're a topical anesthetic. Yeah. You've got lidocaine in them. Yeah, so the, for, the formulation changed, didn't it? Because it used to be um, chlorine salicylate. Sal- yeah, salicylate. Yeah, I don't know. Salicylate. 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 That's it, salicylate. There you go. Well, any pick a pronunciation, guys, that works for you. Salicylate. I've gone <laughs> for it. Okay. Um, and that was that's it. That is what's that's the thing that's in normal kind of bongella, like adult bongella. Right. But you might kind of remember from your prescribing training, um, folks, that they say there's those. Bongella tea, those Bongella gels, not the teething gel, just the Bongella gel. Um, you can't use under sixteen years. Yeah, and um, which I think everyone was shocked on our uh, on our course when we kind of saw that. When we yeah, that. but that's because of the what's it risk of raise of uh, the chlorine salicylate. That, salicylate. that one, thank you, uh, which has a risk of raise syndrome. Yeah. If it's given it, say I mean, raise syndrome. Small. Okay, <laughs> raise syndrome. Yeah, I can manage that one. Yeah. Um, it's a very small risk, but yeah. but yeah, it's a risk that's there. I mean, so. my, I've but it's not had, in the teething gels, yeah. to be clear. I've, I've always had ones. concerns, both as a parent and as a, a nurse and a health visitor, at how tricky they were to try and use anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> it's that thing where the... Yeah. yeah, I'm not entirely sure how they managed to work out how effective they are, because to get into the mouth, to actually get it onto the gum, I mean, you're looking at a very wet, slippery area yeah. with a big flappy tongue that's going to try and lick off and everything. Yeah. And I swear, I mean, I think my finger probably went number than their gums. And, and they my start sucking really as soon as yeah. you put the finger in Yeah, they start sucking. It goes on the tongue, you don't know, with a damp patch on gums. The funny thing is, actually, in recent year, in the last six months or so, I actually had issues with my, my daughter with her teeth coming out, her wobbly teeth. Wow. Ah. 
and she got very fearful and because uh, sometimes if they've got a very sharp root on mm. they can be really wobbly but still really uncomfortable to try and sort of yeah. remove because of the, the root and things and I ended up going to Twitter and the lovely um, Tooth Fairy blog gave me some advice on Twitter mm. suggesting using Bongella on like wobbly a, yeah. teeth if, if you've got like a real snaggle tooth that the child won't okay. let you yeah, remove and you're sort of concerned idea. it's going to be going down with the next meal or something um actually applying a bit of bongella to the tooth yeah okay. and then pain free and it did work we did finally manage to uh, get a tooth out that had right. been cause had been dangling <laughs> so i mean they have their purpose don't they and definitely i mean certainly you know if parents feel they're effective but it's one of those things where um if you if you think they're effective and they cause no harm then that's fine but obviously with any kind of medicine yeah there's bands that comes with exactly. kind of side effects so you know if it's not effective and it has side effects, then let's not let's not no, use exactly. it really, I suppose. And that's sort of what they're trying to encourage with taking them out of um, supermarkets and putting them into pharmacies. Yeah. So, so yeah, mostly they c- contain lidocaine. Um, and like you say, difficult to apply, moves away from the site quickly. And you know that yourself, like even as an adult, if you've had an ulcer or something yes. and you've put Bongella on, oh, exactly. it lasts about three seconds, doesn't yeah. it? And that's as an adult, you know, I'm... Yeah making conscious effort not to lick it not yes. to go near it to leave it where it is yeah. a child the first thing they're going to do is or well, a baby certainly um is lick it so yeah so yeah so it's and been, i mean i suppose the thing as well the way it's not like it's been taken away completely is they are still, still available there. in pharmacies yeah yeah i think they're just trying to send the message that teething is a normal process and i suppose there's a worry that we can over um, medicate over yeah over me- over medicalize I suppose over yeah. over treat really things that are just normal exactly. parts of childhood yeah you can kind of uh, there's a word for it and I can't remember what that word is over medicalizing mm. springs to mind <laughs> I can't think what no. it is if you if you know let us know yeah, via Twitter yeah um. it'll be too late by then but it will be satisfying for me because uh, I think the thing that concerns me as well is the, the teething powders and now I mean I admit hands so up powders, I, yeah, I did I mean funny what my daughter loved the teething powders my mm. son I tried it once and he gave me a look as if say what are you trying to poison me with <laughs> and uh, but they're kind of when you look at because a lot of them are the homeopathic and it's like the yes. Nelson's teether is the one that we used yes. And Ashton's and Parsons is um, very Pretty famous big one. Brand. Yeah, they just they the vast majority sugar, aren't they? Yeah. So because they're homeopathic. Here we go. Yeah. So they're homeopathic. So because I didn't know they were homeopathic, I thought they actually not? had something in them. You know. <laughs> well, they they do. Shows my views on homeopathy. I was going to say that uh, they they have something. Everybody's in them. really shocked by that. But given it is, that I'm like <laughs> the evidence based. Yeah. So it's. 0.002 mils that of tincture of marticaria. Yeah. And, and then... 130 <laughs> milligrams of lactose. <laughs> so it's essentially sugar, guys. So I think, yeah, that's probably why they're so well received because you're mm-hmm. roughly rubbing sugar <laughs> into the gums. Um, which is fine, you know. I I'm can sure kind of half it. see how uh, dentists have got their head in their hands with these. Yeah. 
I mean, it says that kind of the the line from the nice uh, clinical knowledge summary and all of that is the advice should be given that there's no good evidence to support their use, but to follow instructions, re dosage. If yeah, they are used. yeah. Well, mainly because actually, if they overdose, they can end up giving them diarrhea because of all the lactose Sugar. they're yeah, ingesting. Exactly. Oh, it's nothing to do with the tincture of whatever it is. No, because obviously no, no. There's such a tiny fracture and yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's, it's the lactose. The yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is that thing where actually, you know, it could be any powder that you're rubbing into the gums. I think it's more the massage that's effective. Yeah. yeah. Which, as we we said earlier, massaging their gums is an effective intervention for yeah. teething. Um, that is effective in itself. And when you're rubbing powder onto their gums, that's what you're doing, yeah. isn't it? You're massaging the gums. So it's a bit like, you know, um, there's that argument about um, inflammatory gels and yes. massage. Yeah, yeah. You know, they say inflammatory gels themselves, not particularly useful. No, because you could be just... rubbing lard in and it would have the exact <laughs> same effect because essentially the thing that's useful is it's the massage. massage. So I think that's the same and case. And this is the, the thing as well, where they are saying if someone is experiencing, if a baby is experiencing pain with teething, then actually paracetamol and ibuprofen yes. are going to be more effective than these Much teething more. gels. Yeah. Because obviously it has a systemic effect. It go, you know, it's, it is actually it's a ingested painkiller. and absorbed. And I think especially um, the ibuprofen, because it does have that anti-inflammatory effect. Mm. If you've got red swollen gums then it goes without saying that something that will help reduce inflammation. that inflammation yeah. will be effective so yeah so it's kind of those non-medicinal things that we're trying to emphasize and then with the backup of a paracetamol and ibuprofen yeah. if it's yeah. you know really needing that and i often find sort of during the day babies are more distractible from the pain and things mm. at it's night easier. At night, I always say, if it's out of the regular routine, yeah. if the ba- if you're pretty down certain it's teething, especially if you've they've woke up once already, you've done everything you would do normally, settle them. They're waking up sooner than they would be. Mm. Then actually, you know, one dose of ibuprofen or paracetamol is Might worth help. trialing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the kind of the the benefits or disadvantages of having one dose mm-hmm. versus the the potential benefits of that one dose working. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. like, yeah, on balance, Absolutely. it's worth trialling. Yeah. Um, so that's generally kind of interventions and things for teething. I mean, caring for their teeth, I suppose, kind of fits nicely into yes, this as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And because we know there is an ongoing um, campaign from the, the British Paediatric Dental Association. I think I've got that right. The British, sorry, British British Society of Paediatric Dentistry have an ongoing campaign, um, the DC by one, dental check by one, um, where parents and guardians are advised to ensure that all children are seen taken to a dentist as soon as their first teeth come through and before their first birthday. Um, and I know, I mean, funny so, enough, when we were preparing this, yeah. you were saying that you think some parents are still being told not to go until two. Well, it's just, I mean, I, I've certainly seen the campaign and I think it's brilliant. I'm really pleased that it is happening um, because it does actually give parents a a go-to to say, well, actually, no, it is supposed to be now. Yeah. But I definitely have seen in practice a yeah. lot of parents being told, you know, when they're two, come when they're two, yeah. two and a half kind of thing. Which is tough because, I mean, the advice from Public Health England... So I'm not sure even, if it's filtering yeah, quite down no. to every dentist, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Um, the advice from Public Health England is that children should see a dentist from six months. Yes. And yeah. by the age of one, most of the child's front teeth will be present. It's a good opportunity for the dentist to look in their mouth, check the teeth developing as they should be. Um, and, you know, one in eight three-year-old children have visible dental decay. 
visible so i mean that's something where even yeah. I, i'm guessing that would be something where even, even you or i would be able to look and go oh my see, word they're, yeah. they're discolored they're black yeah, they're, yeah. And so, you know, you can see why we really want to get yeah. a handle on this early. And I suppose it's giving um, them that opportunity and at an early stage to, to do the public health messages around yeah. brushing their teeth as soon as they emerge, yeah. you know, which is obviously something we can talk about as well, you know, when we have the... Um, 10-month yeah. review, the one-year review. Because it's interesting because, you know, dental disease is the mo- most prevalent non-communicable disease yes. in the world. Yeah. Um, it is so actually the World Health Organisation have, have sort of seen as a major sort of issue. Major public health so, issue. So, you know, so easily manageable. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know, the dent- you, know, you might think, oh, what can a dentist do when they're so young? But it's an important it's a chance for them to meet the dentist and team, to help the child start to feel settled and comfortable yeah. there. Um, yeah, good opportunity for them to, double- you to double-check the sort of toothbrush and toothpaste to be using, mm-hmm. a bit of advice on food and drink. Um, and also, yeah, the dentist might be one that offers the fluoride varnish. So I know our dentist for my children does this. They put on the fluoride varnish when they're a bit older just to give a bit of extra protection to the back teeth to help prevent decay. Um, And, you know, don't stress if they they aren't cooperating. It's fine. It's just that thing similar to how you have to try foods 15 times before you decide if you like them or not. The more times you expose them to this, the more normal it becomes, the more they have chance to... uh, to actually uh, yeah. sort of go, oh, okay, this is all right. You know, no, no child is going to get used to something if you then take them away for another year. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't go back again. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things as well when you're talking to parents about taking the child to the dentist. Like, It's worth asking them how they feel about dentists because I often find parents who are quite like maybe struggle with that or haven't been themselves or are quite nervous about dentists. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to be less... Yeah. likely to take their children of course they are um and actually you know when you have that conversation with them they usually say oh yeah I'd hate for them to be scared like I am of yeah. the dentist you know in which case it gives you know an opportunity for them to really have that that kind of thought process for themselves that actually if I take them yeah now while they're young they're not going to have that fear but if I hold off and then when they're seven I expect them to sit in a big chair with a light above them and somebody poking around in their mouth then they're maybe yeah. not going to like it much yeah, you know no. um and so they, they, some... they say that themselves you don't even need to say it you know so yeah that's that's worth asking people how they feel about it. Yeah, think. and just looking at the the BSPG website, they've got some great resources. Um, so they've got some nice things for dental practices, um, posters, and a first visit certificate that they can give Aww, out. That's cute. Um, but they also have a practical guide for um, a practical guide to children's teeth, which is something we could even print out to give to um, give to parents, mm. which is really nicely written and nice and clear and they also have guides for um parents for children with autism um and also out of interest a sample questionnaire and it's just quite a nice questionnaire that you can kind of actually fill out before you go before they go to the dentist to give the dentist some idea about how to tailor the visit to them and so things like um if there's any specific sounds tastes sights or sensations that they're sensitive to if they use a um, Makaton or sentence board or gestures, um, 
on if you know if you'd be bringing them with you and any sort of symbols or signs that they can have to assist with communication useful phrases or words that work well any yeah. special dietary requirements rewards or reinforcers any specific behavioral changes that you want the team to be aware of uh, right down to if you're toilet trained or what do they like and dislike is toothbrushing problematic so that they can always really tailor what they're That's doing fantastic. to those needs beforehand um i suppose a fabulous it's resource yeah i mean i suppose and it's interesting when we're saying about this um with um the um you say about some of the dentists not being happy to come in um or happy for children to come in until they're um they're one i mean it is yeah, you know, two, the yeah. oh, until yeah. they're two sorry mm, yeah vspd consists of 500 members so i'm guessing that they are you know it it doesn't include all dentists no sure and so i think it's always that thing as well of making sure I me mean, i know when i i chat to my dentist about yeah. dental health and they are very much on board with the whole dental check by one and things yeah sure but i suppose not all are so it might no. even be something that we you know when you're having your own checkup at the dentist discuss with them about yes yeah yeah dental what do they do for children's dental health and yeah yeah it's it's a useful chance to just sort of broaden that horizon yeah. and i suppose it's part of our you know part of our building communities yeah role absolutely. to uh, to just be advocates even in yeah even in our own time i mean it's, i definitely don't stop time. being a health visitor outside of work hours mm, i uh, my my husband often talks about my health visitor head and doesn't quite understand that I only have the one head. <laughs> I'm like this all just the time. Head. Just one head. I think, yeah. I mean, well, and that's great. There's, that's, there's some absolutely brilliant resources out there. So I think it's being aware of them. And then you're in a, you're in a position then to be able to advocate and, like you say, to to get the, yeah. the things that you need um, Indeed. for the children. Indeed. Um, so yeah, and so of course, then just that advice that we should be giving ourselves at the the nine to twelve month review or yeah. in clinic, yeah, yeah, around sort of yeah. Obviously, we're not recommending sugary foods. We've talked about dried fruit and pouches recently, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> very recently one. to us. Probably not another quite so recent to you guys. <laughs> if it's not out already by the time you're listening to this, it will be very shortly. After. <laughs> um, and yeah, just encouraging them to brush as soon as they emerge. Yeah, with the yeah, and they don't even need to buy separate toothpaste of their own. Just using a very tiny smear, I think they say, yeah. of, the, of toothpaste. Um, yeah, lovely. Yeah, um, if you're on Twitter, or you might have seen, um, I think I tweeted it on my own account at Lofty Jen, but I might have tweeted it on the oh, I'm a HV one of a fantastic leaflet they have in Wales, where they're encouraging yes, you're lifting lifting it. the lip. Oh. And it's brilliant. You've got a little video of it, and it's a brilliant leaflet, <laughs> which yeah, you literally lift up the lip and has pictures of what the teeth should look like, signs of concern, and it actually has some pictures of sort of quite yeah, de- quite obvious, obvious decay. decay. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a lovely thing where it just really gets in the head that thing. It's that kinesthetic learning yes, where you're actually yeah. sort of you know involved in and the leaflet sort of, you lift, yeah. you literally lift the lip on the leaflet. Yeah, it's very very good. Yeah. Nice practical. Um, it'd be yeah. nice to see something like that, yeah, available in the uh, in it? England and yeah, and possibly it? Scotland as well. So yeah, so I think that's all I've got to say about teething. Have you yeah. Know on teething? No, no, I think we've covered We're good. it. We've covered it, and it is just that thing of reassuring. Yeah. It is something which is going to happen to all children at some point. Yeah, of course. I think it's that thing about it's really important to have those early conversations 
to to just talk about the normality and take yeah. the fear out of it. Clinics are perfect for this, aren't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, well, thanks so right. much for listening, everybody. And so don't forget to um, look us up on Twitter at I am a HV, on email, I am a health visitor, written long form, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, and also, if you were listening to us on iTunes, please do um, sort of subscribe subscribe <laughs> we'll get yeah. that word out subscribe um, then you'll get all of our episodes yeah, just come through automatically to your phone and if you are able to um rate us or and review us that'd be fantastic yeah um i know we're a niche market but i think it does really <laughs> help um if we have more reviews up there some of you have been amazing but it's oh, been it's very very quiet <laughs> well i mean everybody's so busy aren't they Indeed. which i totally get I'm, I'm, I'm one i'm terrible for reviewing podcasts myself so i can hardly yeah. really uh, can't hardly really lecture anybody else but um but yeah no we love reading the reviews and emails we get from you so thank you so yeah. much for that um and also yeah if there's anything else you want us to cover in the coming few months yeah, let us send know us requests um yeah if you've got any ideas um or you know even if you you think you're doing something special and you want to tell us about definitely. it definitely uh, we would love to hear from you it'd be lovely to do um some interviews with uh yeah that'd with be you wonderful. guys and yeah, tell yeah. us about what what's going on in your area absolutely yeah All if you've right. got a new kind of initiative that you've started or even just a slight change to practice that you think is really effective or something like that something you've been involved with please tell us or even if you if you're a student you've been looking at a particular area for an essay or something and you've uncovered something interesting let us know it would be lovely to uh to involve you yeah we can share everything far and wide yeah yeah listeners uh, anyway, I think that's us for now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Thanks so for listening. Take care in the meantime. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.